0: Hey podcast, Yours Julie, here to welcome you to episode 103 of the Yours Julie podcast. And I am so grateful that you have chosen to spend a little bit of your day and your time with us here today on the show. I have a really exciting and a super fun guest to introduce to you all today. Seriously, when I tell you I could have talked to this guest for an hour, that is true, but I I wanted to be respectful of her time, and I also wanted to record an episode that would match our attention spans. (laughs) I know sometimes a two- or a three-hour podcast episode can be a little challenging to listen to, but she is so fun. She shared a lot of value that we'll talk about here in a minute. I'll give you some teasers, what we talk about, who she is. All of that will come here in a second, but we're going to start off our episode with, yep. You guessed it what we always do which is our yours to legal slayer featured post of the week. So if you are new to the show here, this is a little segment where I feature a post that has been made in my free private Facebook community. This community is filled with my past and current clients as well as many other people who want to learn more about intuitive eating or mending their relationships with food and body and they want to gather some group support from people who are on a similar journey on the path to doing so. So if you're not there hanging out with us already, I will share with you here in a moment how you can come join us. But first, our post. So this poster writes, please tell me if I am answering my child's questions correctly. I, like a lot of us here, are likely to, are trying not to push the diet culture we learned onto our children. This morning, my teen asked me, well, what am I supposed to eat for breakfast every day? And my response was, whatever makes you feel satisfied. Her next question is the one that I don't know if I'd answered right or not. She asked me, well, what do or should most people eat nutrition-wise for breakfast? In my quick spur of the moment, all I could think to say was, well, I guess ideally you'd want some type of carb for quick energy, some protein for some long-term energy and fullness, and maybe some sort of fat in there as well. I gave an example of toast with butter and jam and sausage because that is what she was making at the time. But it's more about eating and what your body thinks it needs for that time than about food rules. I asked her what does she typically think of when I say breakfast and she said, well, nothing really. And this was also something that I remember from when I was younger, not really being a big fan of breakfast or eating when I first would get up. Is there a better way that I could have answered questions like this to encourage food neutrality? Or does my response sound like something that would be more harmful than it was helpful? So I'm choosing to read this post here on the podcast because what I have learned about you listening, about our Yours Truly audience here as a whole, is that there are some parents, there are some caregivers who are wanting to help their young one, whether it be a kid, a niece, a nephew, a cousin, create a more positive or at least a more neutral relationship with food than maybe they or you had when you were younger. So if you fall into this category where you're maybe receiving questions from Kids or nieces or nephews, or people who are younger than you and they're curious and they want answers, but you want to be very mindful about how you're responding as to not promote diet culture or to promote a negative relationship with food. Then I hope this question and maybe even her response that she shared to her child here in this moment resonates with you. And I'm not going to read all of the comments that she received from fellow community members. There's like 14 comments here. Year, really hyping this individual up, saying that was an awesome answer. That's exactly how I would have done it. And I do have to agree with all of these commenters. The one thing that I love that she did here in our answer, and maybe this can be a helpful or an actionable takeaway, is she focused on the function and the purpose of certain nutrients. And I feel like when we focus on the function of what something does for us, how it makes us feel, that's a lot more of a neutral way to talk about food, and more specifically nutrition, than we're often taught in this diet culture. I'll kind of go back to her response here. She said, Well, carbohydrates for quick energy, protein for longer term energy and fullness, and she said some sort of fat as well. And if we look at the gentle nutrition side of intuitive eating, we come to learn that carbohydrates are wonderful and they're necessary for quick energy for our muscle cells, for our brain. We know that protein is important for more lasting energy for muscle tissue and recovery. And we know fat is is also great. It has a lot of staying power, lasting energy, and it's also important in helping our food taste really good. It's important for our hormone function. So again, I think if you're receiving these questions from, I don't know, a child, a niece, a nephew, maybe even a friend maybe this is you asking these types of questions, but for anyone who is trying to recover from diet culture, I think focusing on the function, on what food does for us, on how it makes us feel is a really wonderful way to approach these questions so we can stay in a neutral and a fueling and in a nourishing type of mindset rather than in a mindset that is so rooted in rules and shoulds and rigidity and all of that stuff that Can oftentimes be more harmful than helpful so if you loved hearing about this post I can assure you that probably about four to seven of these posts that are similar just people asking questions asking for help and support are made on a daily basis here in our free private community I also make posts I do live video trainings every Thursday so if you are interested in coming and joining us please do. Here is your open invitation. The community is free and open for anyone to join, but there is an application needed to join just so that you can learn a little bit about the community. And so we can get to know a little bit about you. So if you're interested in finding that application, the best way that you can access it is through my website That clairetuning.com community. Again, ClaireTuning.com slash community that will take you directly to the application and you can simply follow the instructions there. The other way you can access that application is through the link in my bio, both on Instagram and TikTok. So I am there at Claire Tuning. If you click the link in the bio, you will see that there's a button you can take. It says something about the Facebook community and it will redirect you right to that page on my website that I just mentioned so hope to see you there but Da, 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 da. Without further ado, like I hinted a couple of moments ago, I am beyond excited to introduce my guest to all of you today. So her name is Stephanie Wait, or should I say Dr. Stephanie Wait? You may know her from Instagram and TikTok as Hey Dr. HeyDrSteph. That is her handle on both of those platforms. But I'm going to share a little bit first about her bio that she gave me to read to all you to offer her the proper introduction that she deserves. So Dr. Stephanie Waite is a licensed professional counselor and certified eating disorder specialist and loves treating eating disorders, trauma, anxiety, and depression in her practice, Texoma Specialty Counseling. Stephanie began her career treating eating disorders in 2006 at Timberline Knowles and has worked in inpatient and outpatient settings since that time. She started her practice in 2016 and quickly realized the lack of support, treatment, and resources for individuals dealing with an eating disorder. Stephanie believes that eating disorder education and advocacy are so important to make eating disorder treatment more accessible and enjoys opportunities to teach others about how fun treating eating disorders can be. Stephanie has presented at professional conferences about the treatment and assessment of eating disorders and has been featured on popular podcasts like Positive Nutrition, The Body Love Project, Abundance Practice Builders, and she has had blogs published by Project Heal, Balance Treatment, the NEDIC, and Thrive Global, as well as featured on local news channels for her expertise in treating eating disorders and growing a successful specialty private practice. Maybe we can also there add she has now been a guest on the Your shuli podcast. But in her work with young men and women, she aims to help individuals find balance, peace, confidence, and happiness with their bodies, relationships, and life. She She emphasizes the importance of self-care and encourages people that being a little selfish is actually really a good thing. Stephanie helps people learn how to find peace with their bodies, gain confidence and the power to live the life they want right now. You can learn more about her at www.texomaspecialtycounseling.com. Again, we'll plug all of her social links in the show notes. And I know I mentioned earlier that if you want to find her on Instagram and TikTok, it is at hey underscore underscore dr steph and i can personally vouch for her tiktoks they are fun they're educational and they are informative and they're definitely on the side of tiktok that you want to be on if you're looking to create a positive or even just a neutral relationship with food in your body so in this conversation with steph we talked about how social media can make recovery from diet culture more challenging in a lot of ways, but it can also be really helpful in so many ways. We also talked about what to look out for on your social media feeds, and she even offered some advice on where to begin in your recovery journey and how to reach out for one-on-one help in doing so if you feel that is important or necessary for you. So I really hope you will enjoy my conversation today with Stephanie and and without further ado, here she is. Stephanie, wait, I got the correct pronunciation on your name, yeah. but we're sitting here. I'm um, getting ready to dive into an awesome conversation for another episode of the Yours To Lee podcast. But before we dive into this or that and all of our fun questions, just a little check in. How are you doing there in Texas today?
1: I'm doing okay. Um, so Texas is like really, really, really hot this time of the year, like uncomfortably disgusting hot. And we've, there's all these like hurricanes out in the Gulf, which pushes rain and cool weather. So it's actually like kind of cloudy and rainy here. So it's, actually good. Um, A good day here in Texas today, believe it or not.
0: (laughs) Actually pleasant to be a Texan today. I have to say here in Virginia, I'm sure it's much warmer where you are in Texas the majority of the time. But here in Virginia, it is very humid and hot and just damp in the summer. But with this hurricane that has been rolling through and all the storms, I do have to say I walked outside the other day and I had on a short sleeve shirt and I was a little chilled. I was like, what is this? Like early August, late July. I wasn't expecting that, but I'm not mad about it.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's like, okay. Yeah. A little sweater, a little cardigan. So it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's feeling, um, you know, it's, it's, well, it's 2020, right? So it's the year. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, we're rolling with the punches, I guess here too. Yeah.
0: We're, um, hanging in there. We just, are It's 2020 and I like how you said that. You just said it's 2020, period. Yep. <laughs> Speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. um, but before we dive into some of the fun questions I have planned for you and even before we fully introduce you and your background and what it is that you do, I have a little game that I play oh. at the beginning of every episode where I have a guest. It is called this or that. So it's kind of five rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. First one, since we first connected via social media, TikTok specifically, I had mm-hmm. to include this one, but TikTok or Instagram, if you could only have one. TikTok, 100. <laughs> yes. Why did I feel that was? Yeah. So fun. <laughs> okay. Second one, uh, pools or ocean when it comes to water and swimming.
1: Well, I'm not a swimmer, but mm-hmm. ocean. I would take the ocean over a pool, yes. Okay, because I feel like too,
0: with an ocean, you can wade into your mm-hmm. level of comfort. You can get exactly. your ankles wet, you could be up to your knees, you could fully submerge yourself, but really up to you. I feel like with a pool, unless it's a wade-in pool, you really have to commit, like I'm either out or I'm in.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly, that's exactly right. And the sound of the ocean, right, and the smell, mm-hmm. like you're just, you're you're like in nature. I agree. I love it.
0: Um, Okay. So this one doesn't really hold up in a COVID world, <laughs> but let's pretend um, COVID has passed. We don't have to social distance anymore. Anyways, you, you get the point. Yeah. Um, would you rather have a night in with Netflix or a night out on the town with friends?
1: Oh, that's hard. Okay. A <laughs> night in with Netflix, but I think I would have said a night, I want to say night out with friends, but I think it's just because I haven't had a night out with friends in a really long time, but I'm a night in Netflix girl all the time.
0: Totally. I very much agree, but those nights out and hanging out with people are Mm. looking more intriguing now than usual. I think just it's the scarcity mindset, right? I've been deprived from them for so long. They just look Mm. 10 times better right now. Um, So next one, hot
1: dogs or hamburgers? hot dog hot dog you seem Mm -hmm. surprised by your own answer because I was like hamburgers right yeah you like hamburgers and I just had a hamburger the other day so I was like clear but then my gut was saying no you like hot dogs over hamburgers so I appreciate the honesty we'll accept the hot dog answer (laughs) I would probably eat both if at a barbecue so okay I, I feel that, but
0: if, if it's a this or that world <laughs> yes. and you could only have one, you would go with hot dogs. Hot dogs, yes. <laughs> uh, my final one, and this is one that I've never asked anyone before, to be honest, I came up with it earlier, and I just thought it was funny. So okay. salt or pepper, if you could only have one of them for the rest of your life. Salt, Salt. yeah. Okay, I feel mm-hmm. that. I feel like it's more versatile, right? Mm-hmm. You can use it for more. Pepper has its place for sure, but- exactly. I think if I had to pick one, I would be a a salt
1: fan for sure. Yeah, I feel like salt makes everything better. Not sure pepper makes everything better.
0: That is true. That is true. Like, if you think about... I'm thinking, you know, those desserts that are topped with like a little bit of salt, yep. salt like the yep. caramel or the brownies. If you put pepper on that, definitely would. <laughs>
1: exactly. So, salt. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: I'm with you there. Um, so, now that we've all gotten to know you in kind of a fun, different, a laughy way, I would love for you to just take a moment, if you would, to share a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with your work yet.
1: So, I'm. Stephanie Waite. I'm a licensed professional counselor. I'm a certified eating disorder specialist and I practice in Texas. Um, my private practice is Texoma specialty counseling. I think what's relevant for people listening to this is, um, I've wanted to be a therapist forever. Like just, I'm a big emotional person. And so I was like, I want to help people with their emotions because. I have crazy emotions. Right. So, um, then, you know, did the whole like schooling thing. And my first experience out of grad school, I worked at Timberline Knowles, which is, um, an eating disorder program up in Chicago. And I, I just had this amazing learning experience about eating disorders. I had never, you know, this Claire, we aren't taught about eating disorders in school at all. And I was getting all of this training and saw just like the the pain and the, the trauma and just the, how strong they could be too. And I was like, I love working with this population. So kind of just have then spent my career then learning about eating disorders and trauma, um, the caveat, and I guess I could be a little more personal on a podcast, is that even through my training and education, um, I developed orthorexia um, and was really into, like, the fitness world and diet culture had me, like, had me <laughs> strong and good. Um, and then just as I was learning more towards my certification, I got out of that, um and love treating this population love just kind of like letting people know listen recovery is possible and you don't have to diet you don't have to we just torture ourselves right to to change the way that we look and i think that's sad and i want to see people feel better about themselves so because they can yeah So it's kind of interesting as
0: I'm hearing a little bit of your story, it kind of sounds like I see some similarities of myself. I always joke that I'm, kind of odd in the, in a lot of ways, but odd in the sense that I was one of those like teens where I just knew what I wanted to do at a really early age. And it Mm -hmm. sounds like that's very true for you. You always knew I want to be a therapist. I want to help people with their emotions since that was something that you felt passionate about. But correct me if I'm not hearing you correctly, but it sounds like you didn't necessarily discover what you wanted to do in the therapy world until you were already in it and maybe going through some challenges of your own when it came to food and eating and body is that Mm -hmm. correct
1: yeah I think I was more just wanting to be a general therapist and there's nothing wrong with being a general therapist like they're great and needed and realizing how mm, stigmatized eating disorders are out even in the health and mental health field Mm -hmm. It just, it really, I was like, I wanna tackle this. I think we need to take this on um, because there's so many people, educated people, who um, are sick and don't even maybe realize how sick they could be. Like, it, it kind of lit this like passion in me, really.
0: Yeah. And I think part of that too, and this is actually a really great segue into one of the first questions that I wanted to ask you. But I think, and I'll speak from my own personal experience and my beliefs and just what I see on social media. I know you're there and you probably see this as well. But especially on a platform like TikTok and Instagram mm-hmm. and anything visual, I think so many disordered behaviors around food and disordered yeah. foods are normalized and they're even
1: promoted as heavy air quotes here, but healthy, right? Have you seen right? That? Yes, yes. It, it, it we're taught it. It's so. It seems so natural. Um, you know, as a therapist, it was like self care, self care, right? And so I was thinking, well, I want to take care of myself. I want to practice what I preach. And I was getting all of these diet messages and and messages about weight and health and to now realize how wrong and disordered and inaccurate that information is i i went through some anger and i think through some grief of like we've been lied to for so long and we believed it and oh like we've well, got to we've got to start teaching people the truth about food and bodies and dieting yeah and health completely and i see that so often in a past version
0: of myself, when I first learned about intuitive eating, health at every size, I was like, no way, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. no. We can't- it's not what we're taught. It's not the message that's normalized. And I think a little bit of um, anger, if channeled in a helpful way, can be really helpful in distancing ourselves from those messages. In learning another approach that's truly supportive of physical and mental health. But kind of coming back to that idea of social media, for example, and the kind of this came to my mind because you and I connected there. And to be honest, that's where so many of my podcast guests and our <laughs> great. I'm curious, when you came into the therapy world, I don't necessarily know how long ago that was or what the timeline was, but when you first came into your role as a therapist, was social media a big thing then, or was it not nearly what it is
1: now? No, I think it was just, so I'm old. I'm an old therapist. Well, you know, I've been a therapist for about 12, 13 years. So, um, I think I was no. It wasn't as big of a deal. It was becoming a big deal. So I was for it. What I was seeing early in my career were like magazines and um, the ads in magazines and commercials and like um, the shows we were watching. That media was really sending um, toxic messages about bodies and health and food.
0: Yeah. And I think we still see that, right? It's like yes. sometimes I'll be on Netflix. I'm like, that wasn't a necessary line to have in that show, or I'll be in line at the grocery store and those magazines and that print media is still there. But I think what the majority of people, especially, I don't know, between the ages of 10 and Up from there, however, people get a Mm -hmm. phone and they're on social media. But I think what we're seeing more now is being constantly bombarded with these handheld devices, these screens that we can just go for days getting all of these not so helpful messages around food and body. So I'm curious from your perspective, since you have been in the field for 12, 13 years, Mm -hmm. you've maybe seen social media evolve and take a bigger role in people's lives. How do you feel that the rise of certain platforms, video media has impacted or maybe worsened our relationship with food, just like as a collective? I
1: think it's gotten worse because of social media and just access to information in our hand or, you know, just everywhere. Um, and the, it's real easy, Claire, for somebody to say, man, I felt really depressed and really anxious. And then I start, and now I don't anymore. And here are the things that I did. So the rise of sort of this social media influencer or the rise of kind of this like wellness culture. Right. And, and, and all of that being on social media, I think that's just fueling the disordered eating and the eating disorders that. I'm seeing in my practice and I know you and all my our colleagues are seeing.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think too, just the wellness culture is so sneaky, mm-hmm. right? its so and sneaky, right? Kind of what you were saying about since we do have access to an abundance of information and I don't know, a hundred years ago, you might've known like, I don't know, 20 people like closely in your life and not to say that that necessarily has changed, but now we're just aware of so many yeah. more people. So I think one of the, the big problems becomes, and I'd love to hear your input on this, but we log on to an app like TikTok or Instagram, and while there is a pool of professionals or people who are certified to help people, but now everyone who has gone through a transformation or they feel better about something or they feel more confident is now sharing their lived experience, which I don't think is a bad thing. Enough. No, not at all to learn from people's experience, but the problem becomes when they say, this worked for me, now you do it too. Kind of like that anecdotal,
1: you can do this too, you can look like me. I mean, do you kind of see that as Yes, yes. And I always tell people, it does work in the beginning. Like, that's why we keep kind of going back to it, because it gets us that feel good of, I'm taking care of myself and people are supporting and taking care of myself. And I'm getting different kinds of validation and acceptance of, you know, good job. And then it's not sustainable and it's not unique and nuanced to our individual selves. And so we can't maintain it and we can't keep up with it. And, and, and then we're in that shame spiral, right. And we're in the, that we start the cycles of restriction and binging and, um, it, it, we know that weight cycling and that shame is what's worse for people than just learning how to, um, take in information and then figure out what works best for us. It's not always as quick and easy as my friend did these five things. I'm going to do these five things and I'll be good too.
0: Yeah. And I think We're a lot complicated. of times, yeah, it's more complicated. I mean, human beings are complicated. Like there's a lot going on in our bodies and our minds and yeah. all that. And I think an analogy or a, you dropped me <laughs> for anyone listening. <laughs> Stephanie's talking to me on her device, and it dropped, and I felt like I was tumbling down the of stairs. <laughs> Anyways, the joys of uh, <laughs> I should have made the sound effect, but. Um, <laughs> A visual that's coming to my mind is kind of like the domino effect it's like okay if I am feeling insecure or uncomfortable or if I'm looking for information and I turn to social media and I end up finding a page or an influencer as you were mentioning that's not putting out information that's super helpful for long-term sustainability for physical and mental health I think it does kind of become that domino effect where it's like I started here and then it impacted how I'm fueling my body and how I'm interacting with others. And again, not to paint social media as like, it's so bad everyone stay off it because I think it also has a lot of benefits and we can connect to providers like you and myself. But I think we just have to be mindful and yes. who we're taking that influence from. So kind of a question for you, cause I love taking conversations here on the show and making it as tactical as possible. So someone can listen and then leave and be like, I know the one thing that I can yeah. do or work towards. So if someone is listening and they're maybe feeling like they have a lot of that white noise, that is social media, it's like, there's so much information, I don't know who to trust. Every time I go on social media, I close the app feeling bad about myself, or second-guessing my behaviors, what is maybe a tip or something that you would tell them to think about as far as using social media in a way that's going to be helpful and supportive and not more harmful in
1: the long Mm -hmm. run? Social media can be so helpful. There's so many people putting great, helpful, positive scientific, (laughs) um, um, information content out there. So the delete people, right? Like unfollow, hide folks, um, that are, I've had friends, um, that are really into wellness and dieting and I've unfollowed them. So it doesn't feel good, you know, to do that, but it, if it makes you feel bad to scroll and see their content or if it's triggering you or, um, confusing you, unfollow, delete it. Um, you can report ads, you can hide ads. And then I think find, and there's so many lists out there. Um, I'm down for people listening to email me and I will send you a list, but there are so many, eating disorder positive, body positive accounts, find those folks and follow them and engage with their pages so that you get pushed content that makes you feel good.
0: Totally. Yeah. I love that idea of taking the steps to not only seek out people who have a message message that is supportive of where you want to be, but also interacting with that content. So the algorithm learns Ooh, this is what this person likes. Let me push them more of this content. Like, I'm sure you've seen some of the comments on TikTok where someone will comment, being like, commenting to stay on like pro recovery TikTok mm-hmm. or commenting to stay on, I don't know, like Christmas TikTok. <laughs> There's that one that yes. talks about Christmas <laughs> all the time. So, I think that's a really helpful and actionable tip. And I love what you said too about the re- reporting ads saying, I'm not interested. This is misleading. This is not helpful. I think if we collectively as a community just report, say, I don't want to see this maybe, and I, I don't have full control over this, nor do you, but maybe start getting the message. All right. If we're going to put an ad here, let's make it for like, I don't know, scrunchies instead of an intermittent fasting ad. something. Yeah.
1: They're learning, you know, people, we, people are pushing back us doing this work. We're fighting against diet culture and diet that, that other side is getting the message because they're getting more sneaky in how they are packaging and selling these, these things to us. And so another tip, if I may, Uh is be really aware of the information you're consuming that, that there are people making a lot of money, making us feel bad about ourselves and our bodies, right? And do you want con? Do you want to consume information and content that makes you feel good about who you are, or are you consuming content that's making you feel bad about who you are and that you need to change it?
0: Yeah, kind of like that internal. Checking like, how do I feel when I see this? Do I feel excited? Do I feel ready to do something that feels good? Or do I feel like I've done something wrong or I need to be ashamed? I think, you know, cause every emotion has that like physical sensation or implication. So checking in. Where do I feel this post? Like, is it a mm-hmm. gut-wrenching sensation? Do I feel nervous? Do I feel uneasy and kind of using that? I mean, we always say, or I always say in my practice, like tune in, what is your body saying? can it communicate to you kind of using that, not only when it comes to hunger and fullness cues, but also to help you figure out is what I'm taking in media wise helpful for me. So love that other tip that you added in. And while we're kind of on the vein of tips here, something that I see happening a lot in some of my clients or people who are DMing me, asking me questions is kind of like this anxiety of overwhelm when they start off on, for me, it's like, they are starting an intuitive eating journey or Mm -hmm. they want to get off of the yo-yo dieting cycle. They want to heal from chronic dieting. Maybe for you, it's people really wanting to start their recovery journey from their Mm -hmm. eating disorder. And I think at the beginning, it's exciting and it's also overwhelming and really scary. (laughs) It's like- What the yes. heck do I focus on first? There are so many right. things that I want to focus on and that I want to improve. So, I'm wondering if there's anyone listening to this saying, I want to heal from diet culture. I want to get help for my eating disorder or disordered eating behaviors, but where the heck do I take the first bite, pun intended? <laughs> or like, <laughs> how do I just get started? In your opinion, what is kind of that first? Step in a
1: recovery or just a a healing journey. I know that's a loaded question, but we can generate. It is. It is. We may need to unpack it a little bit because I think there's because I believe in full recovery of all of this, not just like quasi. I'm just not, you know, counting calories and my weight is at a quote unquote healthy place, right? Like you can be food free, right, and truly feel not loving your body, but not hating your body, right? Like, because I believe that um, it's not as simple as just get the intuitive eating workbook and start working through it. I think that is a beautiful place to start. And when I have clients coming to me and they're they're motivated and they're like, well, Stephanie, what do we do? I, was, I say, I think the first step is we've got to help you feel better about the food you're eating. Like if you're not going to feel better emotionally and mentally until you're nourished, right? So how are you taking steps to improve the, the way that you nourish your body, right? So I would say call somebody and get help. Like that really truly is the best step. Don't do this alone because it's so ingrained and the people in your life are so ingrained in diet culture, like, it's really helpful to have a person who is outside of all of that to help you unscrew those messages in your head about food in your body.
0: Yeah, it's kind of having that, I call it like a neutral third party, where it's like, they get to know you, they're in your life, but they're not a family member. They're not in the nitty gritty. They might not be as steeped in diet culture or some of those harmful beliefs. And I love that you brought up of reaching out for help, asking for help. Uh, I have a question on that and I'll I'll hold that for a second because I love what you're saying though, that our brains do not work and function properly if we don't have enough energy and fuel. So I think you know, for anyone who is listening, who's looking to take a first step, of course, get help, you know, see the professional. We'll talk about that in a moment, but we can't often tackle some of those other things to make peace with food and find neutrality with our bodies if we don't have enough energy right. <laughs> on biological right. to do so. So I always say to my clients, like fueling adequately and getting to that place, you know, bite by bite by day by day, taking it one step at a time is a really important first step. Okay. So I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Step by step. I love that. One day at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I say step by step. Sometimes I say one bite at a time because I just love puns. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but coming back to what I said a couple of moments ago, I said I'd put that thought about reaching out for help on the back burner. And this is one of my, my final questions here for you, but I'd love to pick your brain because something that I get over DM or people will comment on TikTok saying, where can I find someone or how Can I find that help? Because we were just talking about how we have to be so mindful about not reaching out to just anyone, like, are they qualified? Can they actually help you with the scientific, the evidence-based information that you need? So do you have any resources or places that people can search for
1: that professional? I would always refer people to psychologytoday.com. Uh-huh. You can even pull up your browser and just in the search bar look for eating disorder help near me. Okay. Or, you know, look for, well, I wouldn't say dieting help because then you're going to get a whole bunch of like, you know, but look, you know, eating disorder help near me and you're going to get psychology today is going to be one of the first ones there, right? So you click it, you put in your zip code and a bunch of therapists are going to pull up and kind of look at their picture and read the first couple of sentences. And if one kind of stands out to you, check them out. Look, can they treat your issues? Right? Well, it'll have specialties listed. Then I think you need to email and ask this person a few questions. Hey, here's some of what's going on with me. Can you help me? I think we have to kind of interview a little bit to find the right person. If that feels like too much, I always offer people just DM me, email me. There's a lot of great professionals out there. They're just not always easy to find. So if you can't find them from a Google search, then message me and we'll see if we can find you somebody because there's somebody out there.
0: I love that. It's so important. So people know where to look. And I love that advice too, that you offered if it just feels too overwhelming and they don't want to go through those steps, just send you a DM and I'll be sure to have all of your information, you know, email and handles in the show notes so people can reach out, but getting help super important. Cause I think, you know, books and podcasts and workbooks, as you mentioned, they're awesome tools and they're not always individualized to what a person needs exactly in the moment. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, we're all different and we don't have, yes, diet culture and social media and, and the messages about food and body affect our relationships with food and our bodies but it's so more complex than that. Like there's trauma and anxiety and, and things that we've experienced and relationships and just daily life that like, it's not as easy as just doing ABCD even in recovery. Right. And so you can have all the self-help and books. And again, those things are wonderful, but I think sometimes it, it it's worth really looking at what you're saying to yourself. Right. And the, the, you're allowed to feel better about yourself. I'm just going to say it that way. Right. So if you can't feel better about yourself, it's okay to get help to feel better about yourself.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. You're allowed to feel better about yourself. We need to get that branded for you, put it on a t-shirt or something. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. And I think just having that permission slip is so helpful, especially when we live in this society with all of these messages that might not be saying the opposite of that explicitly, but I think it's in right? It's like, you're not allowed to feel good until X, or you shouldn't right. feel so confident unless, fill in the blank here. So I think it's super helpful to just have that permission flip for anyone who is listening to say, hey, you're allowed to feel good about yourself Starting now. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy or it's going to be linear or it's like I can just decide it and I believe it. But I think having that permission is super important to kind of kickstart anyone's journey. So, yeah. Stephanie, it has been so wonderful connecting with you and bringing the TikTok and Instagram personality to life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so
0: hopeful that whoever is listening can walk away with not just one helpful tidbit. But a couple when it comes to social media and managing those messages and also reaching out for help, if and when that is something that they're looking for. So, speaking of yeah. reaching out and looking for new practitioners and new ideas, would you mind sharing where people
1: can find you, where they can connect with you if they want to learn more about you and your work? Sure. So, TikTok, I am Hey Dr. Steph. Instagram. Hey, Dr. Steph, right? Pretty easy. Um, but my website is recovery-academy.com. And I have a bunch of just like free resources and support things for people there, but you can email me. Um, and I, I have a lot of information that I give people, right? So mm-hmm. if you're just wanting like, where do I get started? And I just want like to learn more or a nugget. Recovery Academy.com and we connect there too.
0: Okay. Lots of places to find you, not only social media, but, um, and, and is the name of that the Recovery Academy? Is that kind of what you're calling that? Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's okay. the Recovery Academy. Yep. So I love it. All sure about that there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be sure to include all of that in the show notes. So if anybody's looking for it typed out or in clickable form, be sure to check out. The link's below, but it has been wonderful to talk to you. Uh, Hey, Dr. Steph, I love the name of your (laughs) handle. It's like someone's just reaching out in conversation. But thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your Thursday afternoon, for letting us in on some of your information. And I always have a little tradition here at the end of the Yours Julie podcast. I treat it kind of like a letter. So I sign off and I say Yours Julie, Claire, and... Stephanie. And that brings us to a close. That's a wrap for episode 103 of the Yours Truly podcast. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here, for supporting the show, and for learning with Stephanie and I today. So as always, if you loved this episode of the Yours Truly podcast, or if you love any of the episodes that you have heard here, the best way to say thank you and to pay it forward so other people can learn about the show, and hear these messages is to take a couple of moments, tap those five stars, leave a rating and a review if you feel so inclined. I would be so grateful, and I hope the people who might find the show as a result of you hyping us up might also be grateful. So you can leave us a rating and a review. You can screenshot wherever you are listening to this and tag me on social media. Tag Dr. Hey, Dr. Steph. I think it's Hey underscore. Score Dr. Steph. So tag both of us in your stories. Let us know that you're listening. Let us know what you learned. And that is all that I have for today. So we will be back next Wednesday with another episode of the Yours Truly podcast. But until then, take care.